Tuesday afternoon. Oh my gosh, there's a ringing in my ears. Must be the angels or something. <laughs> Welcome to What Would Arwen Do? On Tuesday afternoons, 4 to 5 p.m. And here on KUCI, where we are broadcasting from the University of California in Irvine. And streaming live on the internet through our website at KUCI.org. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. So I hope you'll check out our programming there. And all the things that we have going up, we have ticket giveaways here at KUCI, we have live bands, we have the best music that you won't find on any mainstream radio station and public affairs shows. I don't know that you'll find anyone anywhere else that's hosted by an elf. But we also have other great shows, Writers on Writing, all about how to get published, Film School on Friday mornings, all about films, especially the good indie films and interviews with directors and writers, Privacy Piracy, about protecting yourself from identity theft, of course, the Heather McCoy Show, you can't forget that on Tuesday mornings, you never know what Heather's going to come up with, and she will be here in just two hours at 6 p.m. for... Rachel Ray's cooking accident. So you can find out more information about all of that on our website at KUCI.org. I am Tani Tenuviel, and you may be wondering what this show is all about. Well, if you listen to some of my podcasts, which you can find on our website, if you just go to our homepage and look at archives, podcasts, look up What Would Arwen Do, you can find some podcasts. There are quite a few shows there where I have my older, longer introduction about what this is all about. But I have so much to share with you today that I'm actually going to, not going to, to go into all that, but this is the show where we celebrate all things Middle Earth and J.R.R. Tolkien and and it's where I ask, if a Middle-earth elf lived today, what would her life look like? How would she celebrate and support the Earth, its creatures, community? So, and Arwen was an elf princess in The Lord of the Rings. And if you'd like more information about that, you may have to check it out. And so this is a show where I ask, what would Arwen do? I've been over 10 years now in my little 
what started out as an experiment and now my grand adventure of my life as an elf. And so when things happen in life, I just like to say, hmm, what would an elf do? What would Arwen do? So today we have, it's Tuesday, February 12th, 2013. And, oh, if you'd like to contact me, I would love to hear from you. You can send me an email at askanelf, A-S-K-A-N-E-L-F, askanelf at yahoo.com. And I want to say a special hello to any of my friends who may be listening locally. Um, maybe Ro from down... No, she would be listening through the Internet. Maybe John Paul, maybe... Maybe who knows who might be listening. And I dearly still miss, dear, still dearly miss my co-host Milo Lomesdown, the Hobbit, who is off on other adventures. But we never give up hope, we elves, that there, um, the Hobbit may one day actually return. One can hope. And um, to all my friends who may be listening online, especially those listening through uh, from Tolkien Online, theonering.com, my, in my humble opinion, the best message, Middle Earth message board on the World Wide Web. So hello and greetings to everyone. Ellen Salalumen Nomentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting, and I have, in fact, met many of my wonderful online friends in, purpo- in, purpose, in person. So this week is tomorrow is lent the first uh, ash wednesday the first day of lent begins tomorrow for those of us who are christians and uh, observe such things it's a wonderful time of reflection and contrition uh, beginning with ash wednesday so we'll be talking a little bit about uh, the faith and J.R.R. tolkien you may know was a uh, Roman Catholic and C.S. Lewis was an Anglican, and so um, and then Thursday is Valentine's Day. So this is um, I have different months that I like to think of as different things. January to me is always a month of reflection. February to me is always the month of love because half you know half, first half of the month is getting ready for Valentine's Day and showing our love to all the people we care about and so we can still do that for the rest of the month as well and then March I always think of as the month of spring and new beginnings it's the first day of spring is in March and my birthday is in March and then in April of course it's the month of poetry it's National Poetry Month so lots of good things coming up in these months but I have things to share with you today some readings some music some things to play for you, and that music that you've been hearing in the background is, in fact, the Academy Award-winning music of Howard Shore from the Fellowship of the Ring. I want to tell you about something that's going on right here on uh, the campus of UC Irvine. We are very blessed to be here in one of the most beautiful places on the planet. Here in Southern California, I like to think of it as the phallus or the Grey Havens of Middle-earth. And uh, so this is a message primarily for those of you who are here on the UCI campus as either a student, a faculty member, or staff member. I don't know if you know it, but every month, not every month, every quarter we have a training for people who are interested in getting involved with radio through KUCI. 
and we're going we are having some little talks little kind of meetings get-togethers with uh, our public affairs director lauren and it's called kuci prints presents how to get your own talk show on the radio so um the next meeting is tuesday february 19th from 4 to 5 p.m right during my show so it's great i want you to go and then thursday february 21st also from 4 to 5 p.m and all uh, all of the these meetings are located in the cross cultural center on campus across from starbucks in the ring room how to get your own talk show on the radio session on public affairs radio broadcasting and again all sessions are located in the cross cultural center in the ring room across from starbucks so you'll be hearing some from some people that already have shows uh, lauren will be there and i believe if you have um questions you could always well you can always send an, inf- uh, uh, an email to to um training at kuci and that goes to our training director and i'm sure uh he or she i believe it's a she uh this time is would be happy to pass that along to lauren so training at kuci but um better yet just show up the Next Tuesday, February 19th, 4 to 5 p.m., Thursday, February 21st, you can find out all about how to get your own talk show on the radio. And it will change your life, I promise you. It is an amazing thing to be involved here at KUCI. It has changed my life. I've been involved here for over eight years. And I believe that it has enriched me as a person, expanded me as a human being, I think I was rather narrow in a lot of my perspectives on things before I um, got to interact with many of the people here. And it's just amazing. And everyone's volunteers. There's only a couple people who are in paid positions, but everybody else, hundreds, over a hundred of us, are here um, engineering our shows and planning our shows and doing volunteer work. Apart from that, because everybody does an an additional 15 hours of volunteer work in addition to doing the show. And so if you go to the info sessions, you can find all about, um, find out out about how to have a show and when the next training will be. As I said, there's one per quarter, so it's usually about the second week into the quarter. So there'll be another one coming up in the spring. So with that, let's have a little bit of music. Since um, I'm still kind of celebrating the Hobbit movies having come out, and I guess they're pretty much gone, and I was a little disappointed that the Hobbit movies only got three Academy Award nominations. None of the categories, well, not in categories I would have hoped for, but it's the first film, so let's, let's wait and see what happens with the second film. But at least we are in the running for the Academy Awards, so that'll be wonderful. So let's hear uh, the Misty Mountain song from the movie this is uh the misty mountains cold this is kuci in irvine far over the misty mountains cold two dungeons deep and caverns old Oh, the high, the winds were 
If you have been listening to this show at all, you know that I am a big fan of the movies and the books. I'm probably more of a... I don't know if I can say I'm more of a book person, but I definitely love the Lord of the Rings movies and the world that I was introduced to through those movies, the world of Middle-earth. So today, let's see, I think we should have... I've got some readings and I've got some things some things to play for you. Again, this is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth elf. And so tomorrow is Ash Wednesday. And so I had, I worked on this very hard when I was home getting it, all of my little books in order and my music in order. And I just don't have enough, uh, one of these days I'll get more technology savvy and have all this like on an iPad or something like that. So just to kind of make things a little bit light, I thought I would share with you from a cute little book called The Secret Language of Women, A Humorous Guide to Understanding Women. And because in case you you're a guy and you're just wondering, oh my gosh, here comes Valentine's Day. But um, I'm going to give you some hints. So there's actually a book, I believe, called The Secret Language of Men. This is written by Sherry Weaver. It's just delightful, I think. And she says, uh, here in the little, like a little preface here that says, if you really loved me, you'd know what I mean. So it says, in the secret language of men, we came down pretty hard on the guys. Let's face it, as women, we have the same type of subtle nuances in our speech that men do. It's just that we won't let the guys make fun of us. So as a lifelong woman, a wife and mother, and a moderately successful cook, I offer this little collection to the men for their enjoyment and a decided edge in their next intergender argument. Sorry, ladies, but we have to be fair. So, a couple of the things that she says here. Uh, When she says, whatever you want is fine, honey, she means, you are doomed, whatever you choose will be wrong. And when she says, do you know what day today is? She means, you have forgotten an event of great importance and are going to pay dearly for it. (laughs) And when she says, you're late, she means, you are in for a questioning session that will make the Spanish Inquisition seem tame. When she says, you just don't understand, she means, and I don't have the slightest intention of explaining. So this book is just so darn cute. Um... Let's see, there's a couple more here. When she says, you could have called to tell me you were going to be late, she means, unless you were pinned in the wreckage of a gruesome car accident, you will be sleeping on the sofa tonight. (laughs) And then, let's see, just a couple more here. When she says, I can't believe you forgot our anniversary. She means, you will regret this for the rest of your life. In fact, I'm thinking of having it engraved on your tombstone. 
And then, let's see, says, when she says, isn't this romantic? She means, it is, and you'd better be real soon. And then lastly, another little clue, when she says, go away and leave me alone, she means, come here and hold me. So those little tidbits for you from The Secret Language of Women by Sherry Weaver. My hope and prayer for you men is that um, you have a wonderful time on Valentine's Day. And for us women, remember women, we must be kind and not have all these great expectations from things that we see on TV and things like that. In fact, with that, let's see, I have this wonderful little book that I was going to read some things from. So my first little reading from a book by Daphne Rose Kingma, who you may be familiar with. She wrote um, Random Acts of Kindness. And this is True Love, How to Make Your Relationship Sweeter, Deeper, and More Passionate. And one of the things that she says is, um, there's this one here, I might read it later, but it's called Love Yourself. And it's really about how we need to love ourselves first before we can love others. But this is what she says, bow to the mystery of love. A relationship, two people coming together to live, to work, to play, to laugh, to grieve, to rejoice, to make love, is the form that human beings give to love. But love itself, that ineffable essence that draws us together into communion with one another, is beyond definition, beyond analysis. Love has its own way. Love just is. Love is a mystery, the essence of which is angelic. In its very nature, it goes beyond what we can understand by any of the systems through which we usually comprehend reality. It exists simultaneously outside us and within us. It both binds and frees us. It opens our hearts and breaks our hearts. It cannot be seen except in the eyes of the Beloved nor felt except in the heart of the one who is cherished. Invisible, its absence leaves us gray-hearted, wounded in spirit, while its presence transforms our hearts, our psyches, and our lives. We seek love without knowing what it is, knowing we will know it when we find it. This is the true mystery of love, that no matter how much we are unable to describe it, we always recognize it when we experience it. Love infuses itself into relationships by means that are beyond our invention or imagining. Sometimes love comes to stay, nourished and coddled by the feelings and efforts of those who have invited it in. But if it is not honored or nurtured, love will go off to seek its true home. In bowing to the mystery of love, we acknowledge that love is beyond our comprehension, that we will never fully understand it. The love we seek seeks us, embraces us without our knowing, and binds our spirit into the body of itself. There is a point at which, in the presence of love, there is nothing more to say or prove, nothing left to ask or regret, nothing left except the miracle of love itself. I'm going to play a little song that to me is always rather an elvish song that I imagine might have been a song for Arwen and Aragorn, Moonglow. And then we'll be back with some more Valentine's Day and 
Musings about love. This is KUCI in Irvine. that I discovered actually through KUCI. I used to host a show when I very first started, uh, Hootenanny, which also became the Hootenanny Swings, and discovered Redbird, wonderful folk music, Chris Delmhurst, Jeffrey Foucault, and Peter Mulvey. And that's an Irving Mills song, Moonglow. This is KUCI in Irvine. I am Tani Tenuviel, the resident KUCI Middle Earth Elf. And we are talking today about, sorry about making all that noise with the CD cover. Um, we were talking about Valentine's Day and love. And of course, um, we just had a little reading from Daphne Rose Kingma. I am going to have to read to you today from the story of Aragorn and Arwen course, because this is What Would Arwen Do? And we have some other things. I have some other things to share with you. I thought first, though, to keep things kind of in a little bit of a chronological order. Well, in case you don't know, the story of Aragorn and Arwen runs throughout the entire Lord of the Rings and, in fact, through The Hobbit, although it's not mentioned in The Hobbit because that's not what the story about. But Arwen was around for about 2,300 years. So for those of you ladies who might be wondering if your prince is ever coming, think of Arwen. <laughs> she didn't meet him. I don't have my um, calendar book with my book here with my mar all my marking things about the exact time, but it was over a couple of thousand years that she was in the house of her father and in Lothlorien, the house of her grandmother, before she ever met Aragorn, who would be the love of her life and of her heart. So I don't know if she ever wondered if there would be someone, an elf or man, um, or maybe she always knew. One of my favorite, favorite songs, um, and not being one who watches much television or pays much attention to the media, I always discover things and think that, oh, I'm, there's like a brand new thing, kind of odd that way. I, when I first came to work here, I discovered Tracy Chapman's song, The Promise, and I thought that I discovered Tracy Chapman, this wonderful folk singer, <laughs> come to find out everybody knows, knew who Tracy Chapman was. And um, so we don't play her music because she's already made it big, and we like to introduce you to music you've never heard before and, or bands that you may not know about yet. And... Um, so anyway, recently I've fallen in love with this song, A Thousand Years, 
and just come to find out that it's sung by Christina Perry, and it was for, uh, she actually wrote it for the Twilight movie. She's a, she's a Twihard, a Twilight fan, which I have to confess I'm a bit of a, a vampire girl myself. So, um, but I just love that song because it, it does remind me a little bit of Aragorn and Arwen. I have loved you for a thousand years, and I'll love you for a thousand more. Although not on Earth, because Arwen was an elf, and Aragorn, though he had the lifespan of the Numenorians, uh, I believe his lifespan was about um, 160 or something like that. Um, but anyway... Um, not thousands. She didn't get to live in for a thousand more. So, I'm going to play for you this scene on YouTube, and I'm hoping today that YouTube will be my friend, that the Internet will be my friend. And, but it's a cut from the movie. It's two minutes and 30 seconds long. It's this scene where in Rivendell, our Aragorn is uh, putting back the shards of Narsal that... Boromir Mir has come in and says, oh, it's just a blade, knocks it on the floor. Aragorn goes and very reverently picks it back up and puts it back um, on kind of like a little shrine thing, which later the shards of Narsal are for reforged into the Flame of the West, uh, which he took into the War of the Ring. But in this scene, he's replacing the shards of Narsal, and then you see Aragorn Arwen coming in the back. And this is where we see a bit of the backstory because this is totally how I can imagine it would have been, even though this particular scene was written by uh, uh, Peter Jackson, Football Boyens, and Fran Walsh, it uh, could easily have been, because it's, it's all kind of Middle Earth historically correct. So here is, from YouTube, and the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring, Arwen and Aragorn. And you will hear in the background... And um, Anaron, which is the theme song for Aragorn and Arwen. Why do you fear the past? You are a Sealdor's heir, not a Sealdor himself. You are not bound to his fate. The same blood flows in my veins. Your time will come. You will face the same evil, and you will defeat it. And to that I hold 
I would rather share one lifetime with you than face all the ages of this world alone. I choose a mortal life. You cannot give me this. It is mine to give to whom I will. to say that in the elf's opinion that is one of the most romantic scenes in the history of movie making <laughs> i know i know that's just my opinion but i do believe it's and then of course they kiss on the bridge in rivendell and so i thought i would read to you a little bit of the because today we are celebrating not only valentine's day coming up but tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, and we enter into the time of preparation for Easter Sunday, the great celebration for those of the Christian faith. And so we see, even in the Lord of the Rings and in the Elvish history, and even though the elves were immortal, um, there's, there's bitterness in this world, and there is hope that at some point something will get better. So I'm going to read to you now, just to keep the continuity from what we just heard. At the end of um, where Aragorn says goodbye, it says here, Then going to the house of the kings in the silent street, Aragorn laid him down on the long bed that had been prepared for him. There he said farewell to Eldarion, and gave into his hands the winged crown of Gondor, and the scepter of Arnor. Eldarion was his son. And then all left him save Arwen, and she stood alone by his bed. And for all her wisdom and lineage, she could not forbear to plead with him to stay yet for a while. She was not yet weary of her days, and thus she tasted the bitterness of the mortality that she had taken upon her. Lady Andomiel, said Aragorn, the hour is indeed hard, yet it was made even in that day when we met under the white birches in the garden of Elrond where none now walk. And on the hill of Karen Amroth we forsook both the shadow and the twilight. This doom we accepted. Take counsel with yourself, beloved and ask whether you would indeed have me wait until I wither and fall from my high seat, unmanned and witless. Nay, lady, I am the last of the Numenorians and the latest king of the elder days, and to me has been given not only a span thrice that of men of Middle-earth, but also the grace to go at my will and give back the gift. Now, therefore, I will sleep. I speak no comfort to you, for there is no comfort for such pain within the circles of the world. The uttermost choice is before you, to repent and go to the havens and bear away into the west the memory of our days together, that shall there be evergreen, but never more than memory, or else to abide the doom of men. Nay, dear Lord, she said, that choice is long over. There is now no ship that would bear me hence, 
and I must indeed abide the doom of men, whether I will or I nil, the loss and the silence. But I say to you, king of the Numenorians, not until now have I understood the tale of your people and their fall. As wicked fools I scorn them, but I pity them at last. For this, if this is indeed, as the elders say, the gift of the one to men, it is bitter to receive. So it seems, he said, but let us not be overthrown at the final test, who of old renounced the shadow and the ring. In sorrow we must go, but not in despair. Behold, we are not bound forever to the circles of the world, and beyond them is more than memory. Farewell. And so we see that there is hope, even in Aragorn, in laying down his own life and passing on, says we are not bound to the circles of this world. And so we enter into, tomorrow, the time of Lent in Ash Wednesday. I have embarked on my own adventure in that I have been... Um, going to a class at Our Lady Queen of Angels Church to inquire into the Catholic faith. So I'm going to classes, and I do believe that in the next year, I shall, too, shall be, coming, be becoming Roman Catholic, which may be astonishing to some people. Most people know I've already been a, a Christian for about 30 years, but... Um, yeah, it's very interesting. And so, and J.R.R. Tolkien was a Roman Catholic. That's not why I am uh, joining uh, the church. Uh, for me, it is really more about being um, part of the church universal that has been here for all of the ages since Jesus walked the earth. Uh, the Protestant church, which began with Luther uh, wanting to make reforms within the Catholic Church, and a um, big split happened, and we now have the Catholic Church and the Protestant churches. But hopefully someday they too can come to unity. So well, I have some music to play. I hope you enjoyed that little clip from The Lord of the Rings. And, of course, with Valentine's Day coming up, let's see, I was going to read just to kind of tie together this idea of love. And John Eldridge, he's one of my favorite authors, and it, he talks about how we were made for love, both men and women. And in Epic, the story God is telling and the role that is yours to play, a favorite little book of mine. Um, let's see, let's make sure I get this the, in the right Order. Actually, I'm going to read to you from Dare to Desire, An Invitation to Fulfill Your Deepest Dreams. <clears throat> he, and this is just a little segment about men and women. He says, most, most men in the church seem to believe that God put them on the earth to be good boys. The problem with men, we are told, is that they don't know how to keep their promises, be spiritual leaders, talk to their wives, or raise their children. But if they will try hard, they can reach the lofty summit of becoming a really nice guy. Now, male readers... In all your boyhood dreams, did you ever dream of just becoming a nice guy? Ladies, was the prince of your dreams dashing or merely nice? And what of a woman's heart? How has life handled her deepest desires? 
The world kills a woman's heart when it tells her to be tough, efficient, and independent. She learns early that she must fight for herself because no one else will. There is no great adventure to be swept up into, only chores and errands and to-do lists. And the arrows that pierce her heart over the years leave her doubting that she is the beauty in any story. Can a woman live like that? Is that what little girls dream about? Is that what you dream about? That from Dare to Desire. And he goes on to give us a little more insight in into what these things are that we are about. It says, let's go back to those movies you love. Pick three or four of your favorites and ask yourself, what does a hero or heroine have that I would love to have? What is it about them and their lives that stirs my heart? I believe you'll find that the three core desires I mentioned are right here. Every man needs a battle, a battle to fight, an adventure to live, and a beauty to rescue. Every woman needs to be fought for, needs to be part of a great adventure, and to be the beauty in the story. Isn't that true? Isn't that what makes those movies so deeply stirring? It goes on to say in Epic, the story God is telling and your part to play in it. He says, <clears throat> It came as no surprise to me as a counselor when I first discovered that children would much rather know that their parents loved each other than that they loved them. But of course, we need to know that love is real, that it endures, that a world of love is planned for us and waits for us and that we can count on it. As Jesus said, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. From John 17. We need to know that love lasts. The reason divorce is so devastating to children, not to mention grown-ups, is because it ends the story, just like that. The past is lost, the future is uncertain, the pictures come down off the walls, certain names are never mentioned again, the love story is over, you can't count on anything. Now that I am grown, my greatest joys come not from the adventures I take alone, but from the adventures I invite my wife and sons into. We climb mountains and canoe rivers and eat an entire package of Oreos in one sitting. We laugh and talk and wrestle and find more joy in anything because it is shared. In the beginning, before the dawn of time, something immortal, eternal, the glory of the elder days, like the very best of movies, this epic we've been born into has a golden past, a veiled mystery. Quote, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. End quote. A fellowship, the heart of all things, not a lonely universe, but one born out of love. That is why the self-centered life simply does not work. The world is rigged in such a way, where did that come from, that life does not work when it's all about you. Frodo could not be a hero unless he was born into a story with many chapters already played out before his own. His moment derives its weight and urgency from the moments that have come before. Life itself was in him. John from John 1. The fountain of life, the wellspring of the life we seek. Unending, unmeasured, life ever young, there was a life that existed before our own, an epic already underway. Once upon a time. So in case you are interested or curious yourself about 
you know, this thing called the Christian faith. I believe that it gets quite a bad rap very often, mostly because of the things that people who subscribe to it do. So I hope that you will not throw out the proverbial baby with the bathwater, which would be the infant Jesus with the bathwater, because of what the people who follow him are often like. There are many very wonderful people out there, and while there have been many atrocities and terrible things done in the name of religion and of the church, there have also been some very wonderful things done. Many people who've given their lives to serving the poor and the sick and the homeless, people like Mother Teresa and people who work in, uh, even still in um, missions and helping people in villages, places, people who go as doctors to help those with AIDS and illness. And many of these go as part of missionary um, journeys. So you may be wondering, well, I just don't know if I want to take a look into any of that. Well, let me tell you, there are a couple of really wonderful books. And one I just found recently myself. I have been reading um, a book by Anne Rice, who you might be familiar with as the author of the all of the vampire movies and the... Uh, movie Interview with a Vampire was based on her work. And she's a, she's quite a scholar and quite a um, researcher. And she herself returned to the Catholic Church uh, some years ago and has written some books on the early life of Jesus. The first one is Christ the Lord Out of Egypt, and I started to read that. I put it away somewhere, so I don't know what it is, but I just recently, the other day, at my favorite bookstore, the Friends of the Library uh, bookstore in, at the main library in Newport Beach, um, had the second book in that series, Christ the Lord, The Road to Cana. So this talks about uh, the early days before he actually went into ministry, and it's such an interesting glimpse into the culture of that time and what might have been some of the conversations that would might have gone on within his house, household, even conversations that he might have had with his brother about the fact that Harry was almost 30 years old and not married. So um, I, I found it, I find finding it very fascinating, and she's such a good writer. But I found this wonderful book by Philip Yancey in the bookstore called The Jesus I Never Knew. And Philip Yancey is a wonderful Christian writer, it says, the Jesus I never knew uncovers a Jesus who is brilliant, creative, challenging, fearless, compassionate, unpredictable, and ultimately satisfying. This honest book will help you discover a different Jesus from the flannel graph Sunday school figure, the sweetly smiling Victorian savior, and all the cultural cliches that have tamed Jesus and kept him in comfortable religious boxes. According to Yancey, no one who meets Jesus is ever the same. In the end, I found the process of writing this book to be a great act of faith strengthening. Jesus has rocked my own preconceptions and made me ask hard questions about why those of us who bear his name don't do a better job of following him. And so this is The Jesus I Never Knew, a wonderful book in case you want to explore something like that during the season of Lent. Another book that is, you might find very helpful uh, because, you know, again, we've made such a caricature of, of Jesus and of his life. But Mike Erie, who was an, a, 
one of the pastors first at Rock Harbor, then the um, teaching pastor for Mariners in Mission Viejo, and who is now the senior pastor at Evangelical Free Church of Fullerton. But he wrote a delightful little book called The Jesus of Suburbia, and his last name is spelled E-R-R-E, Mike E-R-R-E, Mike Erie just gives you again a glimpse of how what we have done in kind of putting God and Jesus into our own little boxes and keeping them very tame. One of the th- reasons why I love John Eldridge's books, uh, Epic uh, and Dare to Desire, and he has uh, two other books, uh, or several other books actually, quite a few, but his book for men is called Wild at Heart and about uh, reclaiming your um God-given call as men not to be, uh, that your sole purpose in life life is not just to be a nice man, but also to have an adventure and to be a manly man and to uh, enjoy the way that God has made you and the story that he has called you into. And the same for us women, the calling that we have to be part of the adventure. So, Coming up in just a few minutes is the Blue and Gold Report. I, it's, the time has gone by so quickly. I hope you have enjoyed some of the musings of today. Um, in parting, I'm going to play a wonderful little song called Heaven When We're Home from the Whalen Jennies. But before that, I wanted to read for you uh, one more thing from uh, Daphne Rose Kingma again. And just about life in general and about love. And I hope you will come next Tuesday and spend some time with me here from 4 to 5 p.m. Here on What Would Arwen Do? I am Tani Tanuviel, and the views and opinions expressed here are those of the Elf Host and do not necessarily represent those of KUCI, UCI, or the Board of Regents. But for the Elf, it's all about the love. In fact, Daphne Rose Kingma says, It is love that fashions us into the fullness of our being. Not our looks, not our work, not our wants, not our achievements, not our parents, not our status, not our dreams. These all are the fodder and the filler, the navigating fuels of our lives. But it is love, who we love, how we love, why we love, and that we love, which ultimately shapes us. It is love before all and after all, in the beginning and in the end, that creates us. Today, remembering this, Let yourself acknowledge and remember the moments, events, and people who bring you even momentarily into a true experience of love and allow the rest, the inescapable mundanities of life, like a cloud, to very quietly drift away. This is KUCI in Irvine, the best radio station in the history of the universe. I am Tony Tenuviel. Until next week, Ellen Salalum in Namentielvo, a star shines on the hour of our meeting. Anna Maria, please stay tuned. Coming up in just a little bit, the Blue and Gold Report, all about UCI sports. And after that, the irrepressible Helen McCoy with Rachel Ray's cooking accident. This is KUCI in Irvine. Namaria. Don't time it is, I've been up for way too long, and I'm too tired to sleep. 